0: Together here. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. Ephesians chapter 4, wherever I have a Bible on paper or on your phone and your iPad, let's see what God says this morning in His Word. Ephesians chapter 4, right in the New Testament, right before Philippians. Look what the Lord says in Ephesians chapter 4. But unto every one of us is given grace according to ...to the measure of the gifts of, gifts of Christ. Wherefore he said, when he ascended on high, he let I mean he let captivity captive and give gifts unto man. Now that he ascended, what, he, uh, what is it, but that he also had descended first unto the lower part of the earth. He had descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. And he gives some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God into a perfect man and to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord, for these dear folks that took time out of their life to be here today on the Lord's Day. Lord, my prayer this morning is that this message today will bring glory and honor to your name, not to us, but to you, and remind ourselves that we are your children, we are your servants. And help us, Lord, to have a servant's heart, to serve you, not because we have to, but because we want to. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I tell you, somebody right here that keeps on calling me, and I don't know why. And I have no idea what it is because I don't have time to look at it. I have about seven or eight phone calls here. Um, (laughs) So for the sake of introduction, I mean, the title of the message, we're going back to basics. So I want my message to be very basic, not basic in in doctrine, but basic in uh, quite applicable uh, things that we can apply to our lives in a way that is practical. By the way, I love the Gospels because Jesus was very practical. If you look at Mark, Luke, and John, you see a Jesus is very practical. He used like earthly things to convey heavenly meanings, and he did it in a way that anybody would, that would listen to him will understand. All right, so uh, I'm one of those preachers that I don't like to give you dictionary words, so you go home and go, oh, that thing, what kind of word was that? You know. I mean, it's good. It fits anywhere you go, depending on where you go. But you know what? I like to be very simple and to the point so we can grasp God's word and say, I can do that. I can do that, okay? So, this morning, we are called to contribute. We are called to contribute as God's children. I'm going to start this morning with a few questions for you this morning, all right? You ready? What is your purpose on this earth? Keep it to yourself, all right? (laughs) But anyway, thank you. Glorify God, okay, okay. But keep it. I just want you to think this morning, okay? Just, if you just get out of bed, just kind of wake up a little bit. What is your purpose? Secondly, do you have an aim in your life? Or are you just existing? Why do you go to work? Are you kind or evil? Why are you here? Pastor, there's some deep questions. (laughs) Yes. Yes. There is a purpose for that. Let me put it this way. When you think about a church, what is the purpose of the church existence? Some people are against organized churches. I love God, praise God, but I ain't going to a church. They're all corrupt in there. Let me give you some news. The whole world is corrupt. There's more corruption outside the church than inside the church. There's more hypocrites outside the church than in the church. I mean, you know, that's the way it is. But I, I mean, you know what? Every week, it goes good and evil because, you know, I'm going to tell you this way. There's people that sit in churches. They're not Christians, but they sit in churches. In God's, you know, open the door for anybody that wants to come in to preach the gospel. Not everybody that followed Jesus believed on him. They went in to fill up their bellies. Not everybody that followed Jesus really believed who he was. And we know when passage, or a couple of passages in the Bible are when everybody left him. And even said, you came here to fill up your bellies. So, you know, so what is the purpose of the local church? What is the purpose of the local church's existence? What is the purpose for our giving, our participation, our labor, our teaching, our preaching? What is the purpose of being here? Don't we got better things to do with life? You know, today, like people say, well, what am I going to church for? There's nothing there for me. What you guys want is just money. Well, just, you know, that's a hypocritical thing because having an organization survives with money. You know, by the way, the God doesn't have an, a, a uh, direct deposit account that every Sunday, he deposits it you know, in every church, local church. That's not what it is. You know, it's God's people, and he allow God's people to be part of that. What a blessing to be a, a part of God's work. What a blessing. People don't understand that. Like yesterday, I left work 10 in the morning, and they said, you're actually leaving work to go to church, and you don't get paid? I said, yeah. They said, where in the world is that? I said, why don't you come and see? <laughs> right. Clock out and come with me. I even told a couple of guys, I'll pay you. Anything? I'm kidding. I'll pay you if you want a couple hours. Just come with me. So, well, we all Christians we know the answer for all these, or most of my questions. But let me refresh your mind this morning. The church is, is to teach biblical doctrine, so we can be grounded in our faith, because our world is very deceiving. It is a lot of deceiving voices out there in our world. There are people in this church that the world have sucked out because of bad teachings that they got exposed to. So, but uh, the church is to be a place of fellowship where Christians can be devoted to one another and honor one another, instruct one another, be kind and compassionate to one another, encourage one another, and mostly love one another. You see, a church that is now a loving church, something is missing there. Right? Because we have to love our neighbor as ourselves. Love God above everything, love our neighbor as ourselves. That's the words of Jesus. So we have to love each other, care for each other. So the church is to be a place where believers can observe the Lord's Supper, remember Jesus' death, and uh, shed blood in our behalf. The church is to be a place that promotes prayer, te- uh, teaches prayer, and, and practices prayer. Jesus said, my Father's house is a house of prayer, and you made it a den of thieves. That shouldn't be like that. Unfortunately, many churches became social clubs. They become a place of a, what is a comedy club where guys instead of preaching God's word, what do you just try to make people laugh? This is a place for everything. But it's not a if I want to go to a comedy club, there is one down the street from here. So I'll be entertained and somebody can make me laugh. So the church is a place where God's word is proclaimed. Should never be different than that. You see. The church is to, be, is, to, to, is to both promote the gospel and prepare its members to, to proclaim the gospel. What's the gospel? Because some people say, oh, the gospel? What's the, what's the gospel? It's a piece of good news. Because ultimately, let me tell you this. We look at each other. Don't won't take no time. We will be out of here. We will, all of us are going to die if Jesus doesn't come for us. The question is, where are you going when you die? Oh, I don't care. I have a lot of life to live. You might drop dead today. Oh, you don't try to scare me. No, it's reality. That's reality. That's life. Right. Any one of us can, can go to bed tonight and never wake up. What's the gospel? The gospel is the good news because after how our, ourselves leave this frame, this body that we have, there is a place that we go. And somebody says that it's not a hell. They're lying to you. Or they've been lied to as well. See, this. this listen, you say... Let me tell you this way. I don't come here to put things in your ears. I come here to preach God's word. Otherwise, I won't be here at all. I want you to know God's word. That's why I say open your Bibles. I want you to have your own Bible so you can do your own studies yourself. So the church is to be about the business of minister to those in need. We all needy people, so we minister to one another. So this includes not only shimmying the gospel, but also providing physical needs, food. Laws, a shelter if we can, as necessary and appropriate. You said, Pastor, how are we going to provide shelter? The more comes into the church, the more we can do. Right. You follow that? You say, how do you do that? Well, the more money comes in, the more we can do. The more stuff that comes in, the more we can do. Because listen, we do not keep anything. Some people think that, that a churches that preaches the gospel, they, they, oh, they're getting so much money. It's not true. That is not true. Listen, I'm here. I don't get paid. (laughs) But I'm here by the grace of God with a smile on my face. You know why? Because I love Jesus. And I'll be here as long as he's allowed me to. So the church is to be about the business of ministering to the needs of one another. So the church is to equip believers in Christ with the tools they need to overcome sin in their lives and remain free from the pollution of this world. This is done by biblical teaching and, and Christian fellowship. You know... It's like free counseling every Sunday. That's what it is. So what is the purpose of the church? Paul gives an excellent illustration to the believers in Corinthians right here, uh, in, in Ephesians. The church is, to, to, uh, is God's hand, God's mouth, God's feet in this world. And we are the body of Christ. So we have to be doing the things that Jesus Christ would do if he, he was here physically on earth. He, was, he said, I'm about my, my father's business. Is not what he said, you know. Okay, so who is God? He is our heavenly Father. We are about our Father's business. We are followers of Jesus, right? So many people, many people today understand that church is a building. The church is not a building. The church is a a body of believers, people. Building doesn't make a church. The church is to be. Christian, Christ-like, and Christ-following. So many people today understand the church, like I said, is a building. This is not biblical understanding of a church. So people are looking for a church. They're looking for a steeple. They're looking for, for bells and whistles and things. You know, they're looking for the, oh, that's a church. That's not a church. That's just a building. Church is the people. We can meet on the street and be a church. So the word church is a translation of the Greek word ekklesia, which is defined as an assembly of called out ones. The root meaning of the church is that, uh, not that of a building, but of people. It's ironic that people think that a church is a building. So this morning I I would like us to look at uh, a call to contribute. So let's look from several points about this. We as Christians, what we are called for, okay? Number one, if you have the outline with you, the giving of our time and talents. The giving of our time and talents. As Christians in, in community, we are not we are not I'm sorry, we are not only called to be together, we are called to work together. Part of a Christian community is working together and achieve God's plan. Listen, you have abilities that I don't have. Follow that? I don't know how to play piano. That's a talent on its own. I don't know how to go in that sound room. That's uh, uh, whatever they do over there. I know uh, that's another talent on its own. You know, see, it's a lot of things done in the church that that it's unique to people. You know, yeah, we can do different things more than once. But listen, we all of us have talents. Listen, people say, "Oh, I don't know how to do anything." Yes, you do. Don't set yourself for nothing. You know, oh, you know, no, no. We all of us are capable of doing so many things. God give us abilities and all kinds of things that we can do. Now, and think about what can you do? What can you do? Everything that you can do, you know, is God's given talent to you. You were born with some talents, other talents God give you along, along of life. But you know, there's many things you can do. So, the given of our talents. So, what we do with our talents. Look what it says in Ephesians 4.16. For whom the body fitly uh, joined together, as compacted by that which every joint supplied, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, making increase of the body into the edifying of itself in love. So the local church only moves forward and makes progress as each one contributes, at, uh, as each, one, each part does its work. All right. If I left my leg at home this morning, my right leg at home, I wouldn't be able to stand or walk around. very. I would be hopping around. You follow that? A church body don't move forward to do anything unless everybody is together doing it. Using all our talents that God gave us. So you are important when you vacuum the carpets. So you are important when you put out the garbage. So you are important when you put the sign outside. You are important when you bring the sign in. You are important when you greet somebody. You are important when you show a smile. All those things are talents because some people don't know how to smile. 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 Some people don't know how to smile. Smile. It's important when someone cries when you cry. See, we are called to contribute, first of all, with our time and our talents. Listen. that eh, is the use of our time. Notice the words in the beginning of verse 7. Every one of us. Time management is important because of the uh, brevity of life. Our earthly uh, uh, sojourns are significantly shorter as we, uh, we incline to think. But let me think about it. Time is that I'm so busy. I don't have time. Listen, when we want to do something, we make time to be there. All right? That's the problem of our society. We say, I don't have time. You know what they're saying? I don't care. (laughs) Many times. You know, I don't have time. I don't care. And interesting, uh, uh, this is what happens every day because I'm the oldest one in my department where I work. I get there and I get. They all come see me. I was like, oh, "Do you have time for this? Do you have, can you teach me?" Hey, I gotta do my own work here, so I'm end up doing other people's work. And then, like, what do we do? What do you do? You make time to help others. So the use of our time. Time is precious, and every one of us is given every day 24 hours. Here's the thing: what you do and oh, I do with the 24 hours. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. Tick-tock the whole day. You know why they call it TikTok? My wife explained that to me very well. As you watch TikTok, it goes, TikTok, 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 And before you know five hours of TikTok, TikTok. The clock, the, cl- the clock keep on Tick-tocking all day. And it's like, oh, well, where did time go? You're watching nonsense videos. That's <laughs> what it is. You see, what are we doing with that 24 hours? What do you do with the 24 hours that God gives you every day? Think about it. A lot of wasted time. You got to sleep. You got to work. I understand that. All of us do that. First of all, you got to sleep. Some sleep more than others. We have to work. We have to eat, right? And our responsibilities are different. But in 24 hours, do you have time to talk with God? Read His Word? David points out time On earth this way, in Psalm thirty-nine verse four, Lord, make me do my, uh, make me to know my end and the measure of my days. What it is that I may know how frail I am. This is a king talking. Behold, Psalm thirty-nine verse the verse five it says, Behold, I have made my days as an handbreadth, and my age is as nothing before thee. Verily, every man at its best stature, is altogether vanity. You know, time, poof, vanishes away. James 4.14 says, Whereas we know that now what shall we, uh, be on the tomorrow, for what, is, uh, for, what is, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little of time, and then vanishes vanish away. Indeed, our time on earth is fleeting before our eyes. In fact, it is very small compared to eternity. You know what? When you get to eternity, you're outside of time. Time will be no more. If a person goes to hell, when the Bible says eternity, it's eternity there. If a person goes to heaven, it goes for eternity. You see, because it's outside of time. Look what it says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, about this. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, fools waste their time, but as wise. It says in verse sixteen, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore be not unwise, but understanding the will of the uh, what the will of the Lord is. You see, God says that days are evil. You know why? Because our world is full of evil, In and every side. The more you look at the Bible and God's word, the more you try to live according to what God says, you begin to see the evil of our world. People that you thought was your friends, they've never been your friends in the first place. I experienced that myself. Living wisely involves using our time carefully, knowing that the harvest is great and the workers are few and the time is rapidly uh, going away should help us better use our time to witness, should better use our time to live for God, should better, better use our time to love others in a way that in a way that they, they see that they are loved. Many people need to be loved in our world. Get this. There's no doubt that the responsibilities and pressures of this world takes our attention from the Lord many times. The pull of the busyness of life can use us in different directions pushing us in different directions, and many times they seem, we seem to lose our way. To avoid losing focus, we need to prioritize and set our goals. Additionally, to, to whatever extent is possible, we need to delegate our time. You know what? Meet with God every day. Make time with God so you don't get lost. You don't go off the road. You know what? As many exits as you drive in the highway. Let's say you're going to drive from here to California. And you take your road and you know where you're going. But if you take every exit, it's going to take you a long time to get there. You will get there eventually. But goodness, you're going to, get, you're going to lose focus. You're going to get discouraged because if you take every exit, and then you see on the highway. Many times that's what we do. Do you recall how Moses' father-in-law Jethro wisely told him to delegate some of us heavily load work? And to, to manage his time, he said, he said to him, if you keep doing this, you're going to die. You should notice here that the rest, that is important for us to redeem our time. God give us 24 hours. What we do with that 24 hours. Time spent with God and getting to know him through reading his word and prayer is never a wasted time. You follow that? Never. Time spending building up the body of Christ and loving others with God's love. It's time well spent. Time investing in sharing the gospel uh, so that others will come to know salvation in Jesus and will go to heaven someday is never a wasted time. We should live, uh, live as, as if each minute counts. And it should count because it really, uh, 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 because it really does. Let me put it this way. A lot, a lot of times we have idle time. And that's when we get in trouble. Tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. Three hours, four hours. That's idle time. What are you doing? Watching silly stuff. Oh, but it makes me laugh. It makes me relax. Okay. Next day, another five. And the next day, another six. The next day, another eight. And wasted time. Especially if we don't even think about God at all. Number two, let it be. The use of our talents. To each one of us, grace has been given in Christ. Uh, give us talents. We have abilities that people, other people don't have. If you are a Christian, then God also given you spiritual gifts. Listen, when I got saved, I didn't know that I could preach or teach, especially before I got saved. one. I was like about, that's what was life, me, myself, and I. I couldn't care about anybody but myself. That's what was before I got saved. And to think about that, I, God was going to put me in front of people to care enough about them, to tell them God's word, that's a special gift. I didn't know I had it. Or I never had it before God gave them to me. It's an, and all of us, we discover, then after we get saved, that God gave us some abilities that you didn't even have before. You know what we do with them? Keep it. Put it in a, in a, in a closet somewhere. God gave them to you with a purpose. What's the purpose? To glorify Him with the gifts that He gave you. God be the glory. Amen. You know, when we come to service for the audience of one. Sure. Right. That's our sweet sacrifice to the Lord, our service. No matter what we do in the service. He says, and I give some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body till we all come into the unity of faith. See, that's what God gives. So, number one, the giving of our time and talents. Well, all of us are given each day 24 hours. All of us are given talents. So, we have time and talents. We have abilities that, you know, some, some abilities we all you know, we can share it together because you have the same ability, but some other abilities we just, some people have and we don't have. God gives those abilities to Him. Number two, the giving of our finances. They say, oh, well, here he goes, he's going to talk about money. Okay? When it, come, when it comes to finances and how we should contribute, it always falls in all, all types of different opinions. When it comes to opinions, like, like noses, everybody have one. Everybody has an opinion, and everybody has to share their opinions. That's fine. And if you don't agree with me this morning, fine, don't agree with me, okay? So I know that people have different convictions on this, and some don't, don't have any conviction at all. Some just don't really care about giving to the house of the Lord at all. But let me give you a touch of reality here this morning about what I believe, okay? The Lord is not going to direct deposit money to the church accounts every week or every, or once a year. He's not going to do that. Unfortunately, the church houses function uh, just like your own home. If you don't pay the electric bill, they shut the electricity. If, they, if, you, don't pay, if, you, don't, if you have oil at this time of the year, if you don't pay the, the oil tank, I mean, when they fill it up, guess what? They don't come again. You see, it's the reality of life. You know, if you don't pay your bills, you lose, you lose the privileges. You see, I got yesterday, I got an email from my oil company. And yesterday, I actually told my wife, I said, is the oil company came? No. But I didn't have to ask because I saw the bill right there. $813. I said, praise the Lord, no. I said, ouch, that hurts. I said, ouch, that hurts. That is a painful bill right there. But if I don't pay, guess what? I'm going to endure beautiful cold weather there at home. A beautiful cold weather. <laughs> you wonder why, Nancy, I don't like the winter? There you go. <laughs> Folks, all come to this. How much do I want to see my local church uh, uh, move forward is all up to us. We can do more if we have more. We do less if we have less. Letter A, the time of our giving. When is the time of our giving? Get this, we are called to contribute is to the financial, to the giving of our finances. Listen, if you're visiting with us, don't feel obligated to give anything. All right? I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about God's people. A church cannot move forward when only if you give, and most people don't give. Everyone needs to participate. It's actually a God-given thing. First Corinthians 16.1, now concerning the collection of the saints. Collection, what's collection? It's talking about money. And I give, give order to the church of Galatians, even do ye... Said I told the church of Galatian, I'm telling you as well, the Corinthian church, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store. As the Bible says that every one of you, not some, every one of you. You say, well, people say the tithe was given to the Jewish people. Actually, it's not true. The tithe was even before that. Jesus reinforces the tithe in the book of Matthew, Luke, one of those books. When uh, somebody came to him and said, should I give to Caesar my tribute to Caesar? He's saying, literally, should I pay taxes? Some people don't like to pay taxes. You know, I had a guy yesterday, he was all, all uh, sad and, and, and not good because he did his taxes, and I mean, we already paid taxes, but he did his income tax return, and he had to pay $7,000, so he was not very happy. So he's like, I can't stand taxes. I said, well, that's how government exists. You got to pay your taxes. But this guy came to Jesus and said, should I pay to Caesar? And Jesus was very promptly said, give to Caesar with his Caesar, pay your taxes, and give to God with his gods. You say, how do you see that in the New Testament that much? You know why? Because it was a common practice. They needed to be discussed. See, you know, also when you say like, like, oh, but Pastor, uh, I can't even pay my bills. Okay. That's when faith comes in. He say, Pastor, you don't even tithe. I do. Every week. I walk over there and put my tithe in that box. And I trust God with the results. You know what? My belly is big. means I'm eating good. (laughs) My house is warm. I pay my bills. You know, God says, test me and see if I don't open the windows of heaven. Here comes about faith. See, well, I can't afford. Neither can I. <laughs> I am telling you, I work for a living just like you. Neither can I. So the heart of our giving. Let it be the heart of our giving. You know what? Where our heart is, so is our money. This is what I do. When I got paid on Thursday night to Friday, the first thing I do, I look at my check. I already know, because usually it's continually around the same. I write it to the Lord. Not a love offering is my tithe is the Lord's. Some people, you see, you might look at me and say, I don't agree with you. Fine, don't agree with me. I'm teaching you what God says, okay? But I don't see it this way. Fine, that's okay. But it says on the first day of the week, said so, Pastor, but I got paid every other week. Then you do every other week. I got paid once a month. Then do it every month. I got paid once a year. Then do it every year. You follow that? Or you can divide it and do once a week, however you do. So the heart of our giving why do I give? Because I love God. You see, a church moves forward if God's people give. If, a, if God's people don't give, we'll close in the doors and we'll go home. If you pay your bills, you have a place to live nice and comfortable. If you don't pay your bills, guess what? They put you in the street. And so I have a mortgage. You don't pay the mortgage, the bank comes and puts you out. It's a reality of life is that. See, that's why we have to be wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. If we get our money and misuse our money, we don't have money to pay our bills, guess who's going to suffer? You are. But it's not fair. It is fair. It is fair. So the heart of our giving. Okay, let's move out of this one. (laughs) The proportion of our giving. The Bible is clear. How much should I give? That's interesting. I go to a restaurant. Okay, I can go to a restaurant every day. And when I get that bill, they don't even get content with 2% or 3%. They put, bang, 20% right there. 20, 22, 24. One of these going to be 50%. Then you go, ouch, that hurts. And we give it like, like nothing. Put it right there. Oh, good service, get nothing. i tell you what. We come to the house of God and we complain just like the Jewish people. Ten yeah. percent. <laughs> oh my goodness, what do you think I am? You see, follow you follow what I'm saying? Why we are so against God. Against what he says. And Jesus said, if you love me, keep my Praise the Lord, I don't have to go to a restaurant today. (laughs) No tips. (laughs) Okay, the giving of our time. Number two, the giving of our finances. Number three, the giving of our love. The giving of our love. And then finally, we get called to contribute to the body of Christ with your love. Love is an action verb, folks. And Jesus commands us to put our love into action towards each other. Jesus said these words about the way we, sh- we should love. John thirteen thirty four says, A new command- commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I loved you, that ye also love one another. And verse 35 says, And this shall, shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye love one another. See, listen, not say, I love you. No, we act upon that love. Love is an action word. Listen, why you go to work? Because you provide for your family. What do you display there? Love for your family. That's why you go to work. You know, when we give our tithes and offerings to the Lord, what are we showing? We're showing our love and appreciation for God. What about if a sister or a brother is crying? I wish you well. Cry with them. If you're crying with them, guess what? You're showing your love towards them. You feel their pain. You feel their hurt. And it touches your heart. Listen, when Lazarus died, what did Jesus do? But he knew he was going to raise him up, didn't he? But he went and his humanity, he hit his heart and he cried because he loved Lazarus. What about the people when Jesus was preaching? He said, it, it touched the heart of God because he looked at it as sheep having no shepherd. It touches in his humanity The God was crying inside and say, where is my people? Where is the ones that are supposed to be teaching the word of God to my people? Where are they? God was touched because the people were all over the place. Nobody to lead them. You see, that's love putting action right there. You know, when Jesus was sleeping on the boat and they were, the disciples were in agony, they thought they we were going to die. Then Jesus did say, you know what, you guys are, are adults. Take care of yourself. He didn't say that. He get up and he calmed the wind. And he rebuked the wind. And, and, and everything came down. And they look at him with astonishment. What was they displayed? Love. I love you. I'm not going to let you die. The love of God. When the, when the prodigal son went and ate with the pigs... And when he said, in my father's house, my father, my father treats the servants better than I'm being treated over here. Nobody cares about me. And he went to, to, the house, to, to, to his father's house and said, I'm going to ask him just to be a servant. And his father did something the Jewish people didn't do in those days. He ran when he saw his son. Is that love? Definitely love. You see, that's the love that we need in our local churches. Instead of being critics of others, we have to pray for one another. So we spend immense time, oh, so and so, oh, so and so, oh, so and so. Now, what about praying for them? Listen, we all struggle. We all fall. We all have problems. We all hurt. And what we do, we pray for each other. Let me pray for you. Let me pray. Let me help you. Can I do? The giving of our love. In all people on the earth, God's people should be the most loving people on the face of the earth. And you say, Pastor, but there's some people that are very lovable. Love them anyway. Love them anyway. God say in his word. Choose those who are lovable and uh, rebuke those who are not lovable. Love them. Listen, do you like to be loved? Aren't you glad that God loves you? Are you lovable all the time? God loves us unconditionally, regardless of what we do. You see that? Sometimes we get out of bed in the morning and we uh, uh, like we need to go back to bed. You know, somebody, you know, somebody else says, "Go back to bed." You're just grumpy. God loves us, even when we grumpy. Had yeah, a guy work with me. His nickname was Grumpy. He was grumpy every day. But after he left, we realized that many people really love the guy and respect the guy. I was one of them. I miss my buddy. But anyway, we are to love one another in a local church. And love is not just say, I love you, sister. I love you, brother. Is by putting things into action. Love is an action word. What did Jesus? How did Jesus display? Oh, God displayed his love towards men. Look what he did he didn't say to us put it this way I'll go back in time a little bit I look, I'm looking at the clock here's what happened Adam and Eve were in the garden of Eden they're enjoying God's creation nice the serpent comes in and <laughs> deceives Eve then the, Adam said Ooh. he does the same thing you know so husband and wife they all got deceived and they realize it, and they hide from God because they're afraid now because something that they never saw before you know, they're walking naked. They nobody they had no shame, nothing. And they didn't even realize what they're doing because they were in the age of innocence. They sinned against God. Now they put fig leaves, whatever kind of leaves they put in there, and they cover themselves because they understand now they were naked. But God comes in, and God there tells them that he's going to send a Messiah. God didn't say to them, Now you take care of yourself. I told you not to touch the tree. Hey, God's love right there. I will send someone to save you from your sin. God didn't sit in heaven and say to the human race, take care of yourself. I don't care what you do. In the fullness of time, the Bible says, Jesus came, he took the form of a man so he could shed his blood on Calvary. So when you look at a cross, remember, that was God, what God did for you and me. He shed his blood so you wouldn't go to hell. That is love in action. You see that? And Jesus said we are to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul. And love our neighbor as the way we love ourselves. See, many people, the love they have is hate, anger towards others. God says that does not fit in the life of a Christian. But you don't know what they did to me. Turn evil with good, the Bible says. They did that to you, but you don't have to do it back to them. But it hurts. I know it hurts. But you don't know the way they treat me. It's just like a knife on my heart. Yes, that's true. How do you think Jesus felt when he was nailing that cross? It was just what they're doing? No. You know what Jesus said on the top of that cross? Father, forgive them. You know what we do as Christians? Father, forgive them. The Bible says, Vengeance is mine, I will repay it, saith the Lord. Give it to God and move on with your life. Amen. The giving of love. There, there's that phrase, one another. Love one another. Jesus commends us in a pre-powerful here. It's just a command for us to follow. We are to love one another in the local church. I conclude with this, as believers in Jesus Christ, we are called to contribute with our money, with our abilities, and with our love. God gives you talents. God, you give your hands to work. You have the fruit of your work. We want to honor God with that. God gives you the ability to love, not to hate. God, you give you that ability let's love each other. They say, Pastor, but that's hard to do. (coughs) Yeah, sometimes it is. Love your neighbor as yourself. We are called to give our time and talents to the Lord. We are called to give our finances to God's work. We are called to give our love to each other. Let's work together to fulfill God's purpose in His local church. Those things got to be seen in the local church. That's the purpose. What's the purpose of the local church? To shine as a light in a dark world. People around need Jesus. They might think they're not. They don't need Jesus. But they do need Jesus. Can you imagine coming to this world? Dying. Never received Jesus as your Savior. And went up in hell for all eternity. A place of eternal suffering. And we say it's God's fault. No, it's your own fault. It's your own fault. But anyway. Talents. Finances. And love. We are called to contribute in all those three things. If you like to be loved, then love others. If you want God's blessings, then give God what rightly belongs to him follow that. If you want to use your abilities, why don't you use it for the glory of the Lord? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this message tonight. It fits me well as well. Help me to be more loving and more caring towards my brothers and sisters. And help me, Lord, to always be faithful in my giving. And help me, Lord, to use my talents that you give me in my abilities to serve you and to honor your name. I pray, Father, if there's anyone here that never received Jesus as Savior, may today they call upon you for salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you could stand, please. I can open that door. Open the smell just came this way like, oh. (laughs) I sing a song of invitation. We're going to sing the same song from last Sunday. Take time to be holy. This is the time if you want to come pray in the altar. It's right here. Nobody's going to look... Sideways at you is a time we can do business with God, even where you are. If you never received Jesus as you save, you can come forward. We can take you to a private part of the church and and lead you to the Lord. Is another time if you want to be part of East Bay Baptist Church, become a member of East Bay Baptist Church. Just come forward, talk with us. That's the time we do that. Take time to be holy. Time to be holy, speak oft with thy Lord, abide him in all ways, and feed on his word, make friends with God's children. Alone by looking to Jesus, like him thou shalt be. Thy friends and thy conduct this likeness shall see. Take time to be holy, means set yourself apart to the Lord. Listen, listen, folks, the more we live in this world, the more we see what this world offers us. more we see the wickedness of this world and the evil that is in this world. We can continue the same old, same old. Doing the same thing the way we always did. And we think we are fine. Or saying, I'm okay. I'm okay. Or we can stop and turn to God and say, Lord, I'm tired of this life. I'm tired to live this way. I wanted to live this way now. I want you to guide me. Every step of the way. I'm going to give you a steering wheel. I'm going to sit in the passenger seat. And Lord, I want you to take care of me. You know, if you do that, you are half step there in a way of, re- of getting a life that honors God. Because ultimately, that's what it counts. The rich dies. The millionaires die too. You know, the big, big uh, smart guys out there, they die too. The foot players, football players die. And uh, the movie stars, they die, which people pattern themselves after. Let me tell you this. In the end, is one thing. It's you in front of God. You will get these words. Depart from me, a work of iniquity. I never knew you. Or you? we get this words. Welcome home, you good and faithful servant. Is one or the other. You say, I don't believe what you say. I don't believe in God. Is what God says. Every knee shall bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Father. it doesn't matter if we believe in jesus if we don't believe in jesus it doesn't matter if you think you're an atheist it don't matter what kind of god you may believe in the end we will bow down and confess that jesus christ is lord of all he is the god of all creation he created you and he says to you and me love me with all your heart mind and soul and love your neighbor as your own self that's profound words, isn't it? That's profound words. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for Jesus and his wonderful work at Calvary's cross. Thank you, Lord, for the talents that you have given us, the abilities that we have to do things, the mind that you give to us to do, create many things of our own minds. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing of being able to give to you a portion of of the you have richly blessed us with. But we say, Lord, I work. Yes. You give us the help to work. You give us the ability to work. Thank you, Lord, for love. It's wonderful to be loved and to love others. It's wonderful, Lord, to love you and to be loved by you. Maybe you understand that this morning. Pray for each person here this morning. We all come from the faint walks of life. We all made our mistakes along the way. Forgive us, Lord. Help us to live a life that glorifies your name. Thank you, Lord, for the potluck. I pray for the food. Bless the food. Bless the fellowship. In Jesus' name I pray.